Welcome to Truth Is Now Treason. I'm Dietrich. And I am Lenny. You know, I work with people who are trying to improve their reading, writing, and math skills. And occasionally, I come across an individual who just cannot read. This person has a reading level that is too low for my class. So I will refer him or her to a literacy tutor or a new readers program. Now, these individuals who cannot read can always, they're always welcome to come back when their reading level is about at a fourth grade proficiency. But you would be surprised how illiteracy is common, more common than what we think. You know, if you're just doing a Google search, it says that in 2022, 21% of our population here in the United States falls into that category. But get this, more than half have a literacy level below sixth grade. Now think about biblical illiteracy. That is even more prevalent. We have Bibles available to us in every form, but so many are biblically illiterate. I've heard young couples say to me that you can be a practicing gay and still be a Christian. Now, when I ask them in the Bible where to say that, they can't tell me. The reasoning is always based on what they believe, not what's in Scripture. Now, I'm not picking just on same-sex attraction here. It could be anything. Any sin separates us from God, no matter what kind it is, whether it's lying, stealing, or anything like that. I came across a website. It was Chuck Swindle's website. And if you don't know who Chuck Swindle is, he's a well-known preacher. He's been in the ministry for years, and he really does have some great insights. And I want to share it with you. Because it's pretty cool. It goes along with what we're talking about in this episode. He says, a teacher is gearing up to teach a Bible as literature course from Newton, Massachusetts High School. And he quizzes a group of high school students on the Bible. These were juniors and seniors. And here were some of the astounding results he found. Number one, Sodom and Gomorrah were lovers. And Sodom and Gomorrah were actually cities, not people. The second one was Jezebel was Ahab's donkey. And that's false because Jezebel and Ahab were married. They were king and queen. Jezebel wasn't a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) She may have looked like one, but we're not for sure on that. Another one they got wrong was the four horsemen appeared on the Acropolis. Okay, somebody has not been listening to Metallica, okay? (laughs) Listen to the song, The Four Horsemen. It's the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Not sure what we're talking about. Dig into Revelation a little bit. Something else they said was, the New Testament Gospels were written by Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John. Uh, Oops, I think that Luther is actually Luke. (laughs) They said that Eve was created from an apple. Uh, No, she bit into an apple. Jesus was baptized. By Moses. Uh, No, Moses has been dead for a few millennia before Jesus came on the scene. And here is an answer from a top-of-the-class senior. The question was posed, what was Golgotha? And this person answered, Golgotha was the name of the giant who slew the apostle David. (laughs) So Golgotha actually was the place Jesus was crucified the giant was not named Golgotha. He, he was Goliath, and David was never an apostle. You know, we can laugh, but we could maybe ask ourselves, how would we have answered? Sometimes might not be too pretty, would it? 
How is our literacy when it comes to scripture? Now, these are simple questions. There's no harm done. But if we don't know these simple answers, how do we know what God says about important things in life when it comes to decision making or our physical and mental health, our thoughts? How do we cope with fear or anger, worry, insecurity and depression, addictions, marriage, or how do we date? Take my advice, traders. Do not date Linux. Turns out horribly. Just ask me. <laughs> yeah, that's why you married me. Well, I was drunk because I was illiterate about what the Bible says about drinking. You were probably one of those kids, right? Flunking the Bible quiz? Yeah, I'm going to go read the Gospel of Luther. Do we know what God says about money, our talents and abilities, our friendships, our speech? And don't get me started on this one because we went to a church one time where the entire congregation cussed. But when was the last time we heard a pastor speak about cursing? I mean, all we seem to hear is about gossiping. But the Bible does deal with our speech. And do you know what it says? What does the Bible say about church attendance? And no, I'm not talking about when you're home alone reading the Bible or even an online church. We understand some are invalid and cannot physically come to church meetings. But what about people who just stay at home because it's convenient or some have done it since COVID was around, they're still watching online. Now, do we realize the Bible has promises for us or guidance? It's his personal instruction about all of these topics. You know, Swindle goes on to point out how this illiteracy, it's voluntary. He says that this is the sad part about it because we don't have to be. We are choosing to be illiterate about the Bible. But at the same time, we spend hours and hours reading and writing posts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, playing video games online, or watching all kinds of stuff on social media platforms, playing sports, and it goes on and on and on. We can make a God out of anything. Why are we doing this? You know, in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says this. It says, my people, he's referring to the Israelites, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. In other words, he's saying he's going to remove his future blessing from the nation. So let's explain a little bit of what's taking place in this chapter. Hosea, he is somebody who's called by God to deliver a message to these individuals who happen to be the Israelites. These Israelites are sinning. And Hosea is saying, hey, look, unless you repent of these sins, God will allow your nation, the nation of Israel, to be destroyed. And the people, meaning you, will be taken into captivity by Assyria. Now, Assyria was the greatest nation of the time. And more importantly, Assyria was Israel's enemy. I mean, who wants to be captured by your enemy? That's like somebody saying, United States, if you don't watch it, you're going to be captured by China. We wouldn't want that. And thanks for helping us have that happen there, Joe. You know, in this chapter, God brings a charge against Israel about their lack of knowledge, about their forgetting his word, and then informs them there's going to be consequences because of it. God's angry at them because of this. In the whole chapter explains more about this lack of knowledge. God has Hosea tell the people that now these are supposed to be believers, remember, people who actually believe in God. He tells the people they were to be set apart to worship God, but he says that they're unfaithful. They have no love. They murder, they steal, lie, they commit adultery, and there's tons of bloodshed. 
The land is suffering because of this. Now, the people were blaming the priests, but they're ignoring the priests. So it's everyone's fault. In short, they have rejected God's word and his wisdom. The priests were leading the people astray, and they're going to be punished as well because they're not teaching the people correctly. Sounds similar to what we have going on right now in certain denominations with gay leadership inside the church. God also goes on to say, they will not find contentment in anything they do. Their sins won't comfort them. They'll eat, but not be full. They'll engage in prostitution, but not be satisfied or will benefit in any way. That's in verse 10. He says they'll be, they'll be confused and stubborn and stumble. So Israel's lack of knowledge was not mere ignorance, but was the fact that they were actively rejecting it. Because it says there is no faithfulness or steadfast love, no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murdering, stealing, committing adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. The people were only ignorant of the law because they actively ignored it. Which means the Israelites had no interest, none whatsoever, in learning it. Other things took priority. And Hosea's warnings about this went unheeded, which means they ignored him. Even after Hosea gave them the warning about how God was going to destroy their nation. And what happened was Israel was conquered by Assyria, their enemy. And God does, does go on to explain later on that God does eventually forgive their sin after they had to repent. I mean, once they repented, God forgave them and he restored his relationship with them. Now you might be saying, that doesn't sound anything like me, Lennox. I'm not that Dietrich. Why are you telling me this? Well, let's go through this again and see how this applies to us today. I think you're going to see quite a few similarities. Now we already pointed out our mere ignorance of God's word earlier with the professor quizzing his students. But to the ordinary follower of Christ, do we even read God's word? On a regular basis, are we just relying on pastors and others to tell us what is the truth? Israel was accused of having no knowledge in the land. And we have an unchurched generation that we are raising right now. We are a people who doesn't know. And to give an illustration of that, I had a discussion with one of my students a while back. And in that discussion, I asked this student, do you know what John 3.16 says? And he said, no, he didn't. And that's an example of an unchurched generation. You know, the second thing that we want to point out about how we are similar to Israel is that God accuses Israel of having no love for God, no love for him. And if we really love someone, we spend time with that person, right? Israel was rejecting God, knowing that that would hurt him and anger him as well. Do we ignore God? Do we desire the things of God? And if you don't, you don't love him either. As we stated in our story too, the majority of churches have been declining in the last few years. Now there might be some that are growing, but for the most part, they're declining overall. And if we were spending time with God, I don't think we would see church attendance declining, now would we? There seems to be no interest for God, at least here in America. We are ignoring the opportunities 
to worship and to spend time with him, learning his word, which obviously helps us to know him and draw closer to him. Now, Israel was unfaithful. They had idols. What is our idol that's taking the place of God? What's taking the place of reading God's word for us? Is it Facebook or some kind of social media? Is it TV? Is it a person in our lives? Is it our money? Now, whatever is keeping us from reading God's word is probably our idol. It could just be yourself. We hear God's word, but instead do what we want anyway. That's what I mean by worshiping yourself. Sounds like the Israelites, doesn't it? Do we marry even though we know it isn't the right person? Unfortunately, that's what I did. (laughs) Do we reject God's word about who to marry? I'm paying for it. Do we deliberately disregard what God says is sin, traitors? Israel was accused by God of committing the same sin. Now, the fourth thing that Israel did is they were accused of lies. Sort of like what Dietrich just did, traitors. I'm seeing I'm seeing more and more similarities between Dietrich and Israel in this chapter. Uh, yeah, we could talk about who Hosea married, and maybe that's another similarity I have. <laughs> you know, so when it comes to lies, what are some of the lies we tell ourselves? We tell ourselves, well, I can work enough and earn my salvation. I can do enough good things. Or are we sinning continually? Our life is unchanged and we're no different from the world, and yet we still say we're a Christian. Here's another thing. We have pastors from behind the pulpit saying Christian nationalism is the biggest danger we have in this nation. I personally don't know anybody who's a Christian nationalist. I can tell you now, Lennox and I are not Christian nationalists. They're saying it's the greatest concern, but I don't know anybody, and they probably don't either know anybody Who wants our nation to be a Christian nationalist nation? But they're similar in this way to Israel because the priests were teaching Israelites the wrong thing. This is an example of leaders teaching their congregations the wrong thing, or what we would call a lie. Exactly. Instead of condemning politicians who are attempting to take away people's religious freedoms, they're worried about a boogeyman of Christian nationalism. This is an example of leaders misguiding their congregation. Leaders that are not guiding their congregations in truth. And it's the same thing that Israel's priests were doing. Another thing, how we're similar, this group of people, is God accuses this group of people, the Israelites, of murder. And you say, whoa, you know, I haven't killed anyone, Lennox. Oh, yeah? Who did you vote for? Because have you paid attention to what the Democrat Party has been doing lately? I mean, Democrat Party has become one that cheers and applauds themselves because they were successful in passing abortion laws. And this was the New York Democrat, a law that allowed a baby to be murdered up until the day of its birth. What does God have to say about that in his word? Or do you just disregard God's word on what it says about human life and murder and still vote the way you want or the way you think is right. Obviously, you can't undo your votes from the past, but you can, after hearing this and after seeking God's direction, you can change your behavior. And yes, there are still some good ones to vote for. The number does seem to be dwindling, though, and we need to pray for some more good ones. James chapter 1, 5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given to him. But think about this, traders. 
If you're going to God and saying, I need wisdom, but you're not digging into his word, why aren't you doing your part to find out what God says in his word about wisdom, about whatever it is you're dealing with? And think about this. Second Timothy commands us this way. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. In other words, somebody who's done their due diligence, like reading God's word. As a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And how in the world can we rightly handle the word of truth if we don't even know what it says in there? We just don't want to be like this church in this chapter. So we need to make a decision today to change our state of illiteracy. Let's choose to be literate. Why is it important to be literate? Well, 1 Peter 3.15 says, Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. And I'd like to really emphasize that last part, the utmost courtesy, because I don't care if you say the most glowing truth that has ever existed. If you say that to somebody in the way where you're coming across as a total douchebag, all you're doing is damaging Christ. You're not helping him. We need to do this so that way we'll know how to answer people when they ask so that we can teach them God's word because we actually know it and because it has changed us. And that way we have a desire to obey it because we want to follow Christ. We want to please him. I want to thank you for liking and sharing our episodes on your social media platforms. We love you guys doing that for us. It helps so much. Also, we got a new thing to ask for you guys. Watch our new video on YouTube. To find it, you can go to our website, truthisnowtreason.com. Hit the YouTube symbol in the upper right-hand corner, and it will take you right there. Or in the YouTube search bar, type Truth Is Now Treason, and you will see our channel in the search results. Also, make sure you're following us on YouTube as well. Until Until next time, time, my fellow fellow traders. traders.